you ever thought about how many doors you walk through in a given day or that you use? I mean, I mean we could just think about it for a minute. Uh, today, how many doors have you used already today? Uh, there's the door to your bathroom, the door to your bedroom, maybe your shower has a door. Uh, you probably opened a few cabinet doors this morning, right? Maybe the refrigerator door, perhaps the microwave door or the oven door or the pantry door or all of the above. Of course, there's the door on your house that you went through to get uh, outside or maybe uh, then maybe you have a garage door that you needed to use. Then uh, you had to get in and out of your car, a couple of doors. Then you came to church, and we give you two different doors just to get into the building, and then there's classroom doors and the sanctuary doors, and, and if you had to the, head to the bathroom, there's a, there's a door and a door on the stall, and, and we just go, there's a lot of doors, and that's just this morning. In, in this next I am statement of Jesus, uh, he uses this metaphor, this word picture of a gate or a door to describe himself. Seems a bit obscure. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I mean, for a couple weeks ago, we started off with the light of the world, and that sounds pretty spiritual, and uh, we can kind of get that. And uh, then, then last week was the bread of life, and we had also maybe a little more uh, like, okay, I get it. Jesus is is the one that that sustains us, and maybe it's it, maybe those are a little more common, maybe a little more re- uh, relatable. Uh, Jesus brings light to the darkness and and uh, draws us out of the darkness of sin and into the light of life and that's that's great and uh and and we carry his light into the world we we can relate to that jesus satisfies our deep uh, hunger uh we talked about last week he nourishes our soul he's the one that the, the only one that gives us true spiritual nourishment if we follow him but now he's a gate a door maybe seems a little weird when, when he said this, Jesus is having a conversation with, with the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees. Maybe you've heard, the, the, uh, heard of the Pharisees. In, in John chapter 9, uh, he's just healed a man. The, the whole chapter is about this, this man who had been born blind, and uh, Jesus had healed him. Amazing miracle, uh, but the Pharisees didn't like it, and they kicked the man out of the synagogue, out of the church, because, uh, because he was now following Jesus so Jesus then is talking to the Pharisees after this, kind of the, uh, uh, you know, after, after all of that happened, then, then Jesus is, is, is talking with them, uh, uh, kind of got into it with them a little bit, uh, as he was, is prone to do, uh, recognize that these so-called leaders of the church were actually more concerned with their laws than they were with, with people's lives. And so then uh, it flows right into John 10, where Jesus continues the conversation with these Pharisees. And uh, he uses this metaphor of, of, of shepherds and sheep and sheep herding and, and all of that, which would have been very common and ordinary for them to hear. They would be very up to speed on all of that and the ins and outs of, of, of what it means, uh, what, what's involved in sheep herding, probably more than us. Uh, um, uh, so first he says, I am the gate. Later in the passage, she tells them, I am the good shepherd. So there's two of these I am statements uh, in the same conversation. And they have some similar meanings. They kind of uh, cross over a little bit, uh, but they still also have some big distinctives of their own. And it actually can be a bit confusing. Jesus says he's the gate for the sheep. He also says he's the good shepherd. And in John 1 and throughout the book of Revelation, uh, uh, Jesus is referred to as the lamb of God. So he's the gate for the sheep. And he's one of the sheep, and he's the leader of the sheep, the shepherd. Uh, it seems a little confusing. Uh, which is it? 
Well, it's all of them. Uh, we get different pictures of, of who Jesus is and, and what he has done and what he is doing uh, based on each of these word pictures. Each of them has their own significance and helps us to know different aspects of, of who Jesus is. And so we're going we're gonna to save our study of I am the good shepherd for next Sunday, but, uh, but we're going to get a peek a little bit into, into what it means to be a good shepherd this week as we see that Jesus likened himself to, uh, to a, a sheep pen gate. Or a door. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. Uh, this, is, uh, this is that conversation, how it reads when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes, on ahead of, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they, they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees were clueless. Well, it doesn't say that. They, they didn't understand what he was telling them. Therefore, so because they didn't understand, Jesus thought, I'm going to go at it a little bit of a different way. And so he says, very truly, I tell you. I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Maybe your translation reads, have it more abundantly. So I, I don't, we, we need to look into what does a gate or a door actually do? What is this word picture that Jesus is? How does that shed light on, on uh, who Jesus is and what he does? Uh, uh, thinking about uh, gates and doors, I, I, I suppose we're so used to doors that we're using, we don't really maybe think about it much. So, so let's, uh, first off, I, I think doors, are, are, uh, we, doors keep things out that we don't want in right? Uh, imagine uh, if your home didn't have a door, it was just an opening, right? Then you'd probably wake up with squirrels in the pantry or neighborhood dogs going through your trash. Maybe there's a deer bedding down on the couch. You know, it's just open and anything at any time can come in and go out. I mean, doors keep out unwanted critters. Doors also keep out the weather. Like today, when we got up and we said, where'd this snow come from? What in the world's going on? And you came to church anyway. Glory to God. You guys are awesome. So, so a door keeps out uh, wet rain, snow, wind, whatever. Doors keep all of that out. Uh, without a door, you wouldn't be able to regulate the temperature in your home, right? But um, it, you couldn't keep the cold of the winter out. You couldn't keep the heat of the summer out. And, and if, you, if you didn't have a door, you'd also be vulnerable to criminals, right? Doors are part of our security. Uh, doors... Uh, also keep our, 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 our pets and maybe our kids out of places they're not supposed to. They keep private things private, uh, hiding things that we don't want exposed. Uh, if you think about it, doors are, are really vital to preserving our way of life, uh, our comfort, our security, because they keep things out. One key aspect of a door is that it keeps things out. But another function of, of a door, and just as vital... It's pretty much the opposite, right? Uh, d- doors uh, don't just limit or prohibit access. They also allow 
access, right? Doors are an access point. They help us pass through. We can go in and out because of the door. Uh, Your house without a door would be a box, right? And not very functional. You wouldn't be able to get in or out. Doors let things through. They let things in and out. So, so, So really, I guess if we're thinking about it, as I think about it anyway, a door is a huge contradiction. It's at the same time both exclusive, keeping things out, and inclusive, allowing things to pass through. And Jesus said, I am the gate or the door. Keeping all of that in mind, let's uh, take a minute to consider this metaphor now of the, the, the shepherd and the sheep and how that relates to this specific gate that Jesus is talking about uh, here, here in this conversation. In order to do that, we need to know a little bit, we need to kind of put ourselves into that culture because we're probably not uh, too into the whole uh, sheep uh, uh, shepherding kind of uh, practices that they that they had in those days. In, in Jesus' day, uh, sheep were led by shepherds, uh, but at night or in bad weather, the, the shepherds had two main ways to, uh, to keep the sheep all together and keep them safe. The, the first way was, was uh, in the village. Uh, where several flocks from different owners could, could come to one big communal sheepfold. They'd, uh, they, there'd be a gatekeeper uh, at the gate to make sure that only the right people and the right sheep uh, could, could get in and get out. The shepherd, uh, shepherds then could come up to the pen in the morning through that gate, call for the sheep. The sheep knew their specific shepherd's voice, come and follow that shepherd, and he'd lead them out to pasture. That's what the first part of this passage in, in John chapter 10 is referring to that's the part when the when the the pharisees were looking at him kind of huh what, what huh so well, he took a a, a different way because the second the, the the second way that uh that that shepherds took care of the sheep uh was was out on the countryside a, a shepherd would herd his sheep into a a low-walled enclosure uh piled with rocks uh, partway up, and there was a small opening in one spot, and these were kind of littered throughout, and, and they'd just find one, and, and they'd, uh, they'd shelter in there, get all their sheep in there, and, and it's just an opening in the wall, so, so they'd, uh, there was no gate, so the shepherd would, would sit or lie across that opening to keep the, the sheep in and the wild animals and anything else out. He would literally become the door for that shelter. So getting back to then this, this contradictory nature of gates and, and doors, gates are both exclusive and inclusive. And Jesus said in his own words that he is the gate, so it follows that Jesus is both exclusive and inclusive. Now, we've seen so far, this is our third week now on, on these uh, I am statements of Jesus, and, and we've seen that Jesus is very exclusive. Uh, he said he's the only light that leads to life. There aren't any other lights that are going to lead to eternal life with God. He's the only one. It's, it's pretty exclusive. He said that he's the only bread that provides what we need for true and abundant life. Uh, nothing else satisfies. And now he says, more than once, mind you, he says he's the only gate. Going in over the wall isn't going to cut it. Uh, you, you won't get, get to God uh, and to true lasting life any other way than through him. Jesus is the exclusive way to God and to eternal life. There is no other door. He is it. It's very exclusive and it's it's a 
pretty good thing that Jesus is exclusive, at least for the sheep that are in that pen, right? He, he's guarding the opening. He's, he's providing protection and peace. As long as those sheep know that the gate, the shepherd, is in place covering that opening, they can rest, they can relax, they can trust that shepherd. Jesus can handle any problems that might be crouching at the door. The sheep trust the shepherd because he is literally their defense and their provider. He's the gate and he's exclusive. But just like any good gate or door, Jesus is also very inclusive. Uh, He says, whoever enters through me will be saved. Jesus is the only way, uh, but that way is available to anyone and everyone, right? Uh, Jesus uh, Jesus says, whoever, it's all inclusive. Even those Pharisees that Jesus was talking to, if they had just believed in Jesus, and some of them did, uh, they they experienced what what Jesus had to offer. Uh, There's an old old hymn writer, uh, uh, well, the the writer of this hymn, this hymn was written over 100 years ago. Uh, The author is James Edwin McConnell. And James Edwin McConnell was also known as Smiling Ed McConnell. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, if you'd run, run across uh, Ed along the road, you would say, man, that guy's got, got the joy. He was just always smiling, and, uh, and he was, he was and, and it's him uh, that, that he, uh, uh, Tyler, we should have worked this out. I don't know if you know this. Maybe, I don't know that I knew this before I, I uh, uh, ran across it this week. But um, uh, the, the, the hymn is called Whosoever meaneth me. Now, it's all King Jamesy, right? It was written a long time ago. Whosoever, whoever, uh, that's, uh, that's the uh, maybe a different way of saying whosoever. Uh, uh, whosoever means whoever, and meaneth, they just put the TH on there, right? But it uh, means whoever, whoever, means me whosoever meaneth me and it's it's this it's this one of those peppy kind of kind of hymns have you heard of it you know it you know it why don't you come i'm just kidding yeah it's probably i don't know if it's in our book or not but uh uh, i'm happy today and the sun shines bright the clouds have been rolled away for the savior said whosoever will may come with him to stay and then the chorus kicks in and it's one of those whosoever surely meaneth me sure is that somehow kind of how it goes surely meaneth me oh surely meaneth you gotta you gotta kick the o in there because that 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 gets it whosoever surely meaneth me whosoever meaneth me Uh, and and uh, you know people are kicking in and and uh, you can look it up i'm sure it's on youtube somewhere um and uh and, and you got the guy probably standing in the front doing one of these tyler if you could work that out sometime when we do a hymn that's, that's really how you're supposed to, anyway, now that's what I grew up with anyhow. So, whosoever meaneth me, whoever, when Jesus says whoever, that includes you. If there's nothing else that you get from these messages on, the, on Jesus, I am statements of Jesus, please catch this. Whoever means you. You uh, have a personal invitation to experience the light of the world, to experience the bread of life, to come in through Jesus, the gate, and and find true and abundant life. Anyone and everyone who has ever lived has been loved by God and has been invited in, even you present company included. Uh, To come in, you must simply follow the shepherd, uh, turning away from sin and turning toward him. Believe and trust in Jesus to be your provider and your protector, to be your savior. That's what the gate to the sheep pen meant for those sheep. 
a place of safety and security. It was a, it was a place of life. Uh, verse 10 says that although there are, there are many uh, people and things that might want to steal life and joy from our lives, uh, Jesus came so that we can have life and have it to the full. Or, or we can have abundant life. The, the, the message uh, says, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Amazing how Jesus is at the same time both exclusive and completely and utterly inclusive. Abundant life, and that sounds amazing. But I have to admit, as I think about that, and then I watch the video we saw a few minutes ago, does that life look abundant? You're in a sheep pen, right? You got, got the little rock walls, and it looks pretty restrictive. And those sheep, some of those sheep, I mean, they just shoved them in there, right? I mean, I, I, when I think of abundant life, I'm not sure that I picture a cramped, rock-walled, manure-lined sheep pen. That's not my idea of abundant life, right? But, 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 but again, we need to put ourselves in the mindset of the sheep. The sheep inside that pen have everything they need. They are safe from predators that want to harm them. They have food and water. They have each other. The shepherd is not only uh, uh, keeping them in, but he's tending to any wounds or medical issues that they might have. He's aware of them. As they come through the gate, he's checking to see uh, uh, if, if they have any issues he needs to deal with. The, the shepherd leads them out each day to find pasture. He knows exactly where to take them to the best places. Life in the pen, protected by that gate, uh, the, the, the trusting shepherd, is the best life that the sheep could ask for. Sometimes we might think that following Jesus, the life following Jesus seems restrictive. Well, we got all these lists and you, you don't do this and don't do this and don't do this and, and, and we got to put that to the side and no, oh, we can't go and, and it seems like oh, it's all this, it's restrictive and things are getting, uh, it, it, we, we uh, kind of maybe have a, a, a certain perspective on, on this uh, verse in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus teaching on the Sermon on the Mountain. He talks about a couple of gates there too. He says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The, the, the narrow gate and the wide gate. It's the narrow gate, the one that's more restrictive, that's, that's maybe harder to find, that's, that's harder to maneuver. That's the one that leads to life. Not as many people find that gate because it's so much more popular to walk on the wide road. But the problem with the wide road isn't so much the road, it's where it's going, right? The, the wide road ends up in destruction, Jesus says. Maybe you've experienced that. Maybe you've gotten caught up at, 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 at times in your life with sinful choices, habits, addictive behavior, whatever the case might be. It seems like everybody's doing it and you jump in and, and you, it's just normal and, and you do it, but, but you've realized that it doesn't end in a good place. And maybe it tore things up and maybe you've experienced the brokenness of the consequences of sin. The boundaries and the, and the rules and, and living right seems so restrictive and, and you want your freedom and, and be able to do what you want. But I think if we ask the sheep, life on your own outside the protection of the pen, away from the leadership of the shepherd, doesn't end well. Sheep that wandered off in those days uh, faced all sorts of peril. And uh, uh, sure, the shepherds went to go find them, but a lot of times it was too late and they didn't make it back. 
Sin might seem fine for a while, but it ends in destruction. Consequences in this life and separation from God in the next. Boundaries, restrictions, actually provide freedom. I know it doesn't sound right. That sounds counterintuitive. Stick with me here. Uh, uh, boundaries are, are good things and provide freedom. What is a, what is a basketball game without an out-of-bounds uh, out line? Chaos, right? Uh, anybody can do whatever, whenever. What, what is driving without lanes and traffic signals? Uh, you could say suicide, right? Uh, what is, uh, maybe it's normal for you. I don't know. <laughs> I've ridden with all of you. But uh, what, is a, what is a balcony without a railing? terrifying, right? I mean, uh, boundaries, all of these things, uh, uh, with, with boundaries, all of these things can be enjoyed. Uh, the, the only reason that uh, some of you are going to enjoy March Madness over the next couple of weeks and watch these basketball games is because everybody's following the boundaries and the rules, right? You've got certain rules, and this is how you play this, and this is how you do that, and if you go outside of that, everybody yells foul, right? Because we've got to follow the rules or else it's just chaos. The, the boundaries provide the freedom to enjoy the game. Uh, the only way that we can safely make it anywhere on the roads is because everyone has agreed to follow the laws and, and the lines and the signals and all the things. And, and, and so we're all, uh, if, if we go there and, and, and we're not following those things, there's, it's chaos. If we are following, we have the freedom to go wherever we go out and do, what, do whatever we can. The, the only way, I think, to experience all the benefits of the spectacular view from your balcony on the 32nd floor of your vacation condo at the beach is if there's a railing, right? I mean, you got what? This much room and the railing is there. And so where do you go? Right up to the railing. The railing's not there. You're here, right? That railing, that boundary, that, that, uh, that, that, that restriction gives you freedom to enjoy all of this, right? Without that there, you're not, you're not able to enjoy that freedom. The boundary makes all the difference. Boundaries aren't restrictive, they're freeing. And life with God, submitted to his leadership, trusting in him completely, acknowledging his boundaries, from following him, uh, walking through the gate to abundant life with him, that provides real and eternal life, more and better life than we could ever dream of. The sheep pen guarded by the gate, isn't restrictive. It's providing the best life possible. Jesus said, in his own words, I am the gate. He's the only gate. He's, he's exclusive that way. We can't get to God any other way except through him. He's the only gate. But he has invited each and every one of us to experience that abundant life with him because he is inclusive that way, inviting us all to come through him to experience abundant life. 